It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino and on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Tonight, we got the legend himself, Brent Musburger, hopping on, voice of the Raiders, legendary broadcaster. We'll get his thoughts post NFL draft, which team stuck out to him the most, winners and losers, his Raiders, how he thinks they fared out post-draft and of course we'll look at the Aaron Rodgers debacle how he thought the Bears did and much more in between we'll hit some MLB action one play I do like in Major League Baseball we'll touch on that in a few moments and some prop shelf a play I like on the hardwood as well so plenty to get to and Chris Miles of NBA TV he's going to be talking more about that NBA slate in about 10 minutes or so well jam-packed Friday can't wait to unravel all of it and let's start with some of the biggest news throughout the NBA this coming Somewhat recently, uh, going with the Pelicans, a team that's a game and a half back from the Spurs, trying to buy for that 10th seed and get in the playing game situation. However, bad luck struck for the Pelicans. Looks like Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson are out indefinitely. Not just for this game tonight against the 76ers, but they are out indefinitely. And looks like Steven Adams, once again, a guy who's been constantly dealing with injuries as of late, he will be absent from the matchup tonight as well. Now, in this game, we see the 76ers as a 12-point favorite. Minus 910 on the money line, plus 600 on the buyback for New Orleans. Total we're seeing at about 224. Aside from this game, because look, I mean, I'm not going to really touch anything with that big a spread. It would be the 76ers or nothing. But really kind of the more important outlook of it is what is the likelihood that the Pelicans can still sneak into the playing game? Well, what's fascinating is because, remember, we keep talking about these odds to reach the playoffs and how those markets are still available at Bet Rivers. What makes it more interesting now, not that I think that the Spurs could get past the likes of the Trailblazers, Warriors, or Grizzlies, but it makes it a little bit more enticing. The yes plus 450 for the Spurs if you think they could win a couple games and get into that spot, because realistically, if the Pelicans were healthy, I would assume that they would find a way in the playing game, and they could be a lethal team in that case, because again, you got to remember the single game elimination factor, and all it takes just one or two solid performances, and this team has the talent to do so. They just can't play well on a consistent basis. That's been their issue. So uh, when you look at this team, though, kind of down the road, can they fill it in without those two guys? No, they can't. So they didn't have those numbers posted as of late for the Pelicans regardless. We'll see what happens and how soon they could come back, but a tough blow to a team out in the Western Conference looking to sneak into the playoffs. And kind of just sticking in the Western Conference, I want to kind of go a little bit deeper into it. I know we touched on this with JVT yesterday. Looking at this Lakers team, we were talking about it, you know, it seems like every other day. I mean, is there a time to start getting concerned with the Lakers? That's the big question right now. I mean, they're knotted up with the Trailblazers, 11 games back from the Utah Jazz as the number one seed. And there's a real chance that they can get in this playing game if Portland ends up still playing well. And there's an opportunity tonight as they go head-to-head up against each other. No LeBron James once again. Schroeder is going to be out. Anthony Davis, last I saw, he was probable. But what do you do with the Lakers here? Because if they stay in the sixth seed, what gets fascinating is that they would be matched up 
with the Clippers if that's the same way that they stay right now. So the Clippers being in the third seed, Lakers being in the sixth seed, that would be a hell of a first round with the two teams out in the West Coast going head-to-head. -head. And that would be tough, really, to judge how you would bet the futures at that point because if you think one of them is going to be the team that makes it all the way when they're going up against each other, maybe you just take the future at this point because you're getting better value instead of betting them head-to-head -head where it's probably going to be closer to a pickup. So that's why it's really kind of neat to look in these futures markets. Again, I, I said it yesterday with JVT. I think if I was going to be playing anything in the Western Conference futures, take a look at the Clippers at about plus 240 or so. Even more so, though, you're getting the good value for them to win the championship at about plus 550, right around that range. Because in my mind, it's probably going to be the Clippers who come out of the Western Conference. But what scares me a little bit is them possibly going head-to-head -head with the Lakers in that first-round matchup. But hey, if it's a tougher opponent, get it out of the way right away instead of doing it later, I suppose. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch this Western Conference kind of unravel, especially if that's the first-round matchup. But a tough blow overall to the Pelicans. We'll see if the Lakers can deal with their injuries. But plenty more season to look forward to until the playoffs in the NBA. Once again, the show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. We got Chris Miles joining us in five minutes, and then in about a half hour, the legend Brent Musburger will hop on, talk some NFL, the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, the NFC North odds, and plenty more. We got prop shelf and some baseball action, which we'll also get into. Speaking of some baseball action, we'll kind of rehash this a little bit later in the show. But I just wanted to throw this out now for a play that I am going with uh, in Major League Baseball tonight. It involves the Southsiders here, the White Sox on the road against Kansas City. Uh, the Royals in this spot currently, they opened up as about, about plus 140 is where we saw them. But currently, again, uh, we're seeing them at about plus 130 now. The White Sox minus 150. Look, Kansas City, they had a great start, but now they're on a five-game losing streak. Sox had the day off yesterday. They're coming off that 1-0 loss in extras against Cincinnati with the Tony La Russa didn't know about exchanging runners on second debacle. So you get Rodon, who's been absolutely outstanding. He's taken the bump. The Southpaws 4-0 this season, 0.72 ERA with a 3.08 XBIP, a 0.64 whip. Absolutely outstanding from Rodon. Brad Keller on the other side, the righty for the Royals, 2-3, 8.06 ERA. 5.51 XBIP, that's just absolutely disgusting, and a 2.15 whip. Now, instead of looking for the full game here, I was kind of looking around, and Bet Rivers earlier had a pretty good price when it came to the first five for the White Sox. And, oddly enough, the White Sox are the most profitable team in Major League Baseball on the first five. They're 19-4-6. and six. If you bet on them for every first five, you're almost up a grand. Now, the Royals aren't too shabby either. They're third best, but they're 14-10-5. But they are worse at home, oddly enough, 6-7-3. And, and when Keller's on the bump, he's 2-3 and three with a first five money line. And with Rodon, 4-0, just like his record. When you look at how these teams have the splits going up against each other, uh, righty versus lefty, the Royals versus Southpaws hitting 674 OPS, which is 22nd worst in the big leagues. The White Sox, when you look at them against righties, 702, not great, 13th in the big leagues, but a little bit better than when it comes to the Royals going up against Southpaws. So this team has already played Keller as well. Against the White Sox, he only went 3.1 innings pitched, six hits, four earned runs, three walks, and three Ks. If Rodon can keep this hot streak going, the Sox are a good play here, not only for the full game, because I would look for them for the full game. I wouldn't be shy about laying minus 150, 
but I like the angle of the first five a little bit more and got a solid price at minus 134. Again, this is moved now. It's in about minus 157 range, so it's got steamed up the whole day. But again, that's why we stress subscribing to VEASAN so you get a hold of the best bets early on in those daily emails. So you can get a hold of those good numbers really early in the morning before you get some of these big line movements. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Hopefully it comes through for us. But again, White Sox in the first five I think is a good look tonight against the Kansas City Royals. And again, if you don't want to do the first five because it's pretty expensive now at minus 157, I would also still just take them for the full game and pay less at minus 150. I think it's a good spot for the White Sox tonight where Don can keep his really hot streak going to the start of his 2021 campaign. White Sox bats hopefully come alive against a struggling Brad Keller. So I'm looking for the Southsiders tonight in the first five. But, of course, if you want to go the other out, full game would be a good option as well. Like we said, we'll get more into baseball as we progress throughout the show. There's some good late games tonight uh, that are going to be featured. And, and a couple that I was really close to playing didn't end up coming through with any of them. But the Blue, Jay, Blue Jays and Astros matchup is a fascinating one in terms of where the market has moved. Big time in favor of the Astros. Dodgers, Angels. Can the Dodgers finally get a win under their belt after they got swept by the Cubs? A lot of interesting matchups tonight based on if teams are going to pick it up and kind of start getting on a roll or if they're going to go into the opposite direction. So this is where it starts getting fascinating as we get near to the summer months and you start getting more familiarized with some of these baseball squads heading into the hot days of summer. But speaking of the days of summer, that means postseason basketball is right around the corner and the end of the regular season is near. And to talk more about that, let's bring in our pal Chris Miles at Chris Miles TV is where you can catch him on Twitter and host on NBA TV. Does a fantastic job covering the league. Chris, we were just talking about it with the Pelicans earlier, the news breaking out in New Orleans with Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram out indefinitely. Aside from just the matchup tonight, which is going to be brutal now against the 76ers, do you think that the Pelicans' chances of sneaking into the playing game is pretty much lost? Absolutely. I was shocked by the news, and I figure these must be very serious injuries because you have two up-and-coming players in this league, a game and a half out of the play-in situation. It's almost made for Zion and Brandon Ingram to get some more experience, to get some postseason experience. So um, to see them both being shut down, especially with Zion, uh, it, it was pretty shocking today. And, and it's sad for the Pelicans because I don't think there's any way that they can get that 10th seed and catch uh, ground with the Spurs um, with those two guys out. Yeah, and the Pelicans were arguably one of those teams that, could have made slightly a run in the playing game. I mean, again, Chris, when you're on, I mean, we always talk about it. This team has been infuriating to get a read on, but this could be the format that would benefit them potentially if they had their healthy roster. Yeah, with Lonzo Ball playing the way that he's been playing, knocking down threes and really seeming like he's becoming the player we all expected him to be when he was drafted second overall. And Brandon Ingram, of course, blossomed the previous year in Zion, putting up monster numbers. It just seemed like, if you were in a playing situation, you wanted no parts of those three guys and to see this happen, I just don't see the path for them getting to that 10th seed. All right, well, Chris, let's look forward to another matchup tonight with the Bulls and the Celtics, a.k.a. the Luke Cornett revenge game going back to Chicago. The Celtics opened up here as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Now it's up to a four-point spread total at 225-and-a-half. Jalen Brown's still going to be out in this mix, but look, uh, the market's moving toward Boston here, who's kind of catching some ground heading into the postseason, which they desperately need. Bulls coming off a nice win against the Hornets. How do you feel about this matchup in the Windy City? 
Well, it's the matchup of two former players for the Orlando Magic and Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic. I joke about that, but uh, Zach Levine missing those 11 games really crushed the Bulls and their expectations for the rest of the season. And Jason Tatum, he's playing at a level that I don't know. I think this is the best stretch of his career. I mean, four straight games in which he's made at least um, three three-pointers, you know, or four three-pointers in four straight games, and he's averaging 38 points per game in those four games. So I look at what Tatum's doing and Marcus Smart. I think they're 10-2 and two when he starts, and now bringing Evan Fournier off the bench and then Kimball Walker being back. Like I said, Jalen Brown is kind of the guy that they're missing. But you look at Chicago, they just haven't been able to piece it together since the Vooch trade, even though, uh, especially with Zach Levine being out those 11 games. Yeah, and against the Hornets, for the first time, we saw the Bulls go out with the starting lineup of Vooch, Levine, and Kobe White. Do you think this is something that will be more viable for them if they continue with that sort of starting lineup, or is this kind of just a trial and error type of thing that they're going to throw out there? Well, see, Vooch is a good playmaker, and I think they're trying to use him in that capacity some more, but he's not an elite playmaker in the NBA like, let's say, Nikola Jokic. Uh, They need a point guard, and I think that's something they're going to have to address in the offseason and this just doesn't seem like the year for them. I mean, Pat Williams has been playing well as their first-round draft pick. I think they get another guy in uh, from this draft and then figure out that point guard situation. That's what they're going to need to take a leap. It, it, this is not the year for them. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, their playoff hopes slim to none as of this point. But a couple teams that have somewhat bright futures heading into the postseason, at least one versus the other. It's the Jazz versus the Nuggets. Nuggets, a banged-up team and may still be banged-up heading in. To the postseason but tonight we see the jazz open as a three-point favorite that bumps up to four and a half minus 190 on the money line for utah at home plus 160 on the buyback for the nuggets total at 215 and a half look i mean the jazz are still dealing with a couple injuries themselves but they're such a deep team and players have stepped up that it really hasn't been that big of an issue do you think they're going to have any issues with the nuggets tonight Man, I mean, if I'm going to put money on a team tonight, it's going to be the Denver Nuggets against the Utah Jazz, if you're looking at this particular matchup, because the Nuggets, I mean, they're rolling. What are they, 12-1 uh, and one since, or 10-2 uh, and two since the Jamal Murray injury? And I look at the Jazz, with Mike Conley out, they've been 13-4, and four, but with Donovan Mitchell still out, I just look at that as being too much for them. So for Utah, uh, Jordan Clarkson has been playing well for them, Bojan Bogdanovic, um, quiet as kept has been averaging 26 points per game over the last four or five games. But Denver is a team that seems like they're on a mission to prove that they're a championship caliber team. I mean, this is a, a squad that for the last three years has fought for the best record out West. We're always talking about the Lakers and before we're talking about the Warriors and the Nuggets have been right there with them as far as records are concerned the past couple of seasons. I think it's all about the playoffs and with Michael Porter Jr. over the last, what, 23 or 24 games, Averaging 23 points per game, I think they figured out their rhythm in, in who they are, and I like them in this matchup. And Chris, the guy who's thrived in this matchup, the potential MVP, Nikola Jokic, he scored 35 and 47 respectively against the Utah Jazz, and his prop is at about 26 and a half tonight. Why do you think he does so well against his Jazz team that we're accustomed to being a great defensive team, and especially when he's going up against possibly the defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert? Well, it's, the, it's Rudy Gobert's worst nightmare in this sense. Uh, here's a guy that can step out and hit the three consistently. So Gobert can't protect the basket, and that's the key to Utah's defense is to make sure that Gobert is there so when people drive, he stops it. 
They have to figure out another way to attack them, and, and teams really fight in the mid-range, and that's what Utah does. That's their defensive strategy. Well, against the Nuggets, Gobert has to come all the way out on a perimeter, and Jokic has also proven with his big body that he's able to score around the basket against Gobert. It is the worst possible matchup uh, for him. You know, Gobert has issues with guys that are bigger and physical, and so does Jokic, uh, defenders. And Gobert is more of a slender, shot-blocking guy. It's just a bad matchup for Utah. All right, let's go down to Phoenix. The Suns are taking on the Knicks. New York is in a tumultuous road stretch right now. It's not going to get any easier tonight against the Suns, who are laying six and a half, total at about 216. These teams just played this past week, or the other week, rather, and the Suns got the dub, 118 to 110. Again, they're laying six and a half in this spot. Do you like a team in this situation where they just played and it's a sizable spread? You think they could cover that, or is Phoenix kind of reset after that Atlanta loss at home? Well, you know I'm always partial for the Knicks. And in this case, I'm going with <laughs> Phoenix all the way. You say, what, six and a half? Basically, they just got smacked by the Atlanta Hawks. It was their largest defeat of the season by 32 points. Uh, it, they, they had one five straight. Devin Booker has scored 30 or more in, what, uh, six of his last seven games and shot 50, over 50% in those games. I think they get back on track. They're also fighting the Jazz for the best record out west. And that number one overall seed, you absolutely want that because that eighth seed is going to be battling in the play-in tournament. You saw it last year with the Lakers when they had the Blazers and the players who just ran out of gas. You know that the Phoenix Suns want that and that this is a, a game that they have to get back to get there. All right, and then let's talk Trailblazers and Lakers, both of these teams trying to avoid the play-in game scenario, and they have a head-to-head -head matchup this evening. Trailblazers opened as a seven-point favorite. Lakers still banged up, so Portland moves to an eight-point favorite. Total at about 224. However, it looks like the last I saw, Anthony Davis was probable. But despite that, it's still going to be really tough for Los Angeles, a team that has struggled so much without the King and LeBron. How do they fare tonight in Portland? Well, it's also Dennis Schroeder. I, I think when you have both of those ball handlers out, it's hard for the Lakers to create any offense and to get everyone involved. But, man, when I see that, you said eight? I, I might yeah. go with the Lakers on that. I mean, just simply because that number that number seems too big. It really does for a team that's tired of hearing, oh, we're two and seven without LeBron. Oh, we could be in a play-in situation. Anthony Davis, is he really like an MVP caliber player? Because what is he doing right now? Is he healthy? It Everything feels like this is a situation where the Lakers are heavily motivated and they're battling the Blazers to try to stay out of that playing situation. Um, of course, Portland's going to come in motivated and they've been playing well. Uh, uh, what is it? Five and one on their six game road trip. But I, I think because the, the line seems a little too big for me, I'm going with the Lakers. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. And it seems like one of those spots where even though it's very advantageous to Portland's side of things, they sometimes just keep it closer than they should, even though they have the big advantage. So, I tend to agree with you in that spot. And, you know, Chris, before we let you go, we were talking about the Lakers before we brought you on. And, you know, if they end up in the sixth seed and the Clippers end up in the third seed, that'd be a heck of a first-round matchup. Who do you give the advantage to in that first-round series? If LeBron is 100%, uh, I'm going with the Lakers. I, I still think the Clippers are too small. Like, I was looking at some of the outrageous stats and – like the Clippers are 28th in blocks per game. Uh, Serge Ibaka has been out. The Lakers are fourth in the league. And Montrez Harrell playing his former team with something to prove. I, I look at, I get that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are 
you know, incredible basketball players. But again, if LeBron James is healthy, Dennis Schroeder is on the floor. I'm absolutely going with the Lakers. I, I just think that they're not a true six seed. They're a team that's been battling injuries all season. That is for sure. We'll be fun to see when they get fully healthy heading into the postseason. Chris, a man, take care tonight, and thanks as always for stopping by. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. At Chris Miles TV is where you can catch him on Twitter and hosting NBA TV and NBCS Washington as well. Great job covering the association. And look, yeah, we were kind of talking about it, but those Western Conference Finals odds, the Lakers 2-1 to one to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Championship. The Clippers now at about plus 240. Jazz plus 325. The Phoenix Suns at plus 650. And then it gets deeper. The Nuggets 15-1. Mavericks 18-1. The list goes on and on and on. But he's right. I mean, look, this Lakers team we haven't seen fully healthy in a while, and it's not like it's going to take that much for them to snap back into it with how great these players are in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's not like your normal person who's injured who may have to take a while. And it's not to say that we understand how severe LeBron's injury is, but you know, I think it's safe to assume that he could step back into a rhythm pretty swiftly. So this Western Conference is going to be a fun one to watch. That's why, again, when we talk about those reach the playoff odds, very very important to keep an update on them because you can snag value at the right time. And hey, maybe even with these Western Conference and Championship odds between the two LA teams, could be a good betting opportunity to look forward to. All right, we're keeping it in the NBA next. Let's talk a little prop shelf, a play I do like in that Suns matchup. Player that's a familiar friend of the show. We got to bet with him, so stick around to find out who it is next right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on your favorite teams only at your hometown sports book. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts once again at BetRivers.com. Back at it here on Rush Hour. Eason, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois. Big thanks to Chris Miles, hopping on, talking some hoops tonight, and furthermore, looking down the stretch of the NBA season into the playoffs. Let's kind of focus short-sighted-wise in tonight's action. Let's go with a prop shelf play that we got in the matchup between the Knicks and the Suns. Just went over this one. With Chris, the Suns we see lane six and a half. They got a nice dub against the Knicks the other week. So at home after that loss against Atlanta, they're lane six in the hook. Total at about 216. It seems like to me Phoenix would be the right play here, but it's still kind of tough to back New York because they've been a covering machine. So instead of playing this one with the spread or the total, I opted to look at some of the props and a guy that I circled out and did make a bet on, Mikhail Bridges, a guy that we have had a Fun time with this season. He has been profitable to our wallets. 
And I think there's another good spot with him tonight. 12 and a half is where we see his points prop. Now Bridges is averaging 13 on the season. He's gone over 12 and a half in the last nine out of 10 games in the last six in a row. Plus when they just played the Knicks, April 26, he went eight of 12 from the floor, three of six from beyond the arc, two of two from the charity stripe, racked up 21 points. Now why Bridges may have an advantage against this Knicks team that is very good defensively. 45% of his shots come from three, 34% at the rim, and 42, or excuse me, and then he's making 42% from three and 76% at the rim. Now, this is important because, look, yes, the Knicks are number one in defending the rim, allowing opponents just to shoot 61% and 34% from three, which is the best in the NBA as well, but the amount of attempts are pretty high. So the Knicks are allowing opponents to get about 35% of their shots up at the rim, which is 21st worst, and 38.3% of their shots up from beyond the arc, which is 24th worst. So the frequency, the amount of attempts that are occurring there, the opportunities are high. They're just not falling as well because they're closing out well. And look, it's not they're not really getting them effective shots. So defensive, really efficiency-wise, New York is fantastic. We get that. But Bridges offensive effective field goal percentage he's been doing great he ranks in the 98th percentile 64 percent effective field goal percentage so look bridges makes the most out of his opportunities and when you look at who the knicks have to close out on they're going to be focusing on devin booker chris paul thus leading more opportunities to open up for bridges 12 and a half is a shorter number he's gone over this the last six games just dropped 21 against the knicks look for him to get at least 13 tonight and go over his points prop at 12 and a half that's the play i made with Mikhail Bridges. All right, really quick, then let's look at another spot here with the Utah, uh, Utah Jazz in the Denver Nuggets. Bogdanovich, another guy who's been on a tear. His points prop is at 21 and a half tonight. It may seem high, but look, he has to step up considering that Mitchell and Conley are still both out. He's gone over 21 and a half in the last five games, plus the last matchup against Denver at the end of January, he dropped 29 points. Then a few weeks before, he dropped 17. But when you look at Bogdanovich, 47% of his shots come from beyond the yard, 28% from mid, 25% from the rim. So he's really spread out all throughout. The Nuggets, we know, are the worst at defending the rim. They're pretty solid from mid-range and three-pointers. So Bogdanovich still needs to be that top guy. Can he do it again tonight? I want to lean over, but it's questionable because Aaron Gordon's presence could be the difference maker. And the whole team was there when he dominated before, and that would open up more space for him. But now that he can be locked in on, I didn't get enough conviction to want to play the over, but a strong lean to Bogdanovich over 21 and a half. And then finally, we talked about it briefly with Chris Miles. Jokic, 26 and a half is his prop this evening, shaded to the over minus 125. Jokic has gone over this the last four out of five games. And remember, in both games against Utah, most recently, he dropped 47 points. In the game prior, he dropped 35 points. The Jazz are allowing opponents to get 37% of their shots up from mid-range, which is second worst in the association. Jokic gets a majority of the shots up from mid-range, 51%, and he's making 55% of them. I didn't want to lay the minus 125, but Jokic over 26.5 may seem like it's the easy option. You know how volatile the NBA can be. Staying away from it, but a good look potentially with Jokic over 26.5. But again, the play we're officially making, Kale Bridges, over 12 and a half points tonight. He takes on the New York Knicks. All right, let's talk a little baseball. Coming up next, we'll revisit the play I had in Major League Baseball Plus. Many more next on Rush Hour.
Tomorrow, VEASAN brings you the English Premier League backcast for the match between Manchester City and Chelsea at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. VEASAN EPL backcast is the best way to keep up with the soccer betting action live during the matches. Join Nigel Seeley and Harry Samiu as they talk betting during the biggest match of the weekend. And if you're new to in-play soccer betting, we'll show you the ropes and the smart plays of the day. So check it out, VEASAN.com slash EPL. Tune in. 12.30 p.m. Eastern, tomorrow afternoon. That's V-S-I-N slash E-P-L. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and the show is Rush Hour. We're doing it live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. I'm Danny Burke, your host. At Danny Burke 5 is where you can follow me on Twitter at VEASAN Live to follow the Vegas Stats and Information Network and all the great content on VEASAN. Again, like we were just saying, catch the E-P-L Betcast tomorrow, Saturday afternoon. Still to come on the show tonight, though, Brent Musburger, the legendary broadcaster, he'll be hopping on. We'll get his thoughts about Aaron Rodgers, where he thinks he'll end up. Will it be the Packers? Will it be the Broncos? We'll hit that along with the updated NFC North odds, drafts, winners and losers, the Raiders' thoughts, and much, much more surrounding the NFL. But for right now, let's talk a little baseball. We started the show with a play that we had in the big leagues, and we'll briefly touch on it, then move on. But I played the first five money line. At minus 134 earlier today for the White Sox, it shot way up. You got Rodon on the bump, the southpaw, who's 4-0 for the White Sox. Just absolutely outstanding thus far, taking on Brad Keller, who's been the exact opposite. And the White Sox are the most profitable team thus far on the first five money line, 19-4-6. If you bet them every time, you're almost up a grand. Royals are third best, but they struggle at home, 6-7-3. And, and the Royals against lefties, not too great, 674 OPS. White Sox against righties, not the best, but better than the Royals against lefties. A 702 OPS for the White Sox. They had a day off yesterday. I think it's a good bounce back spot. Trusting Rodon here to keep his groove going and going to be fading Keller yet again. So took the White Sox on the first five money line. Now it's a little bit higher up, though, at about minus 155 or so. So if that's a little bit too steep, we'd still just recommend the White Sox for the full game at minus 150. All right, let's continue on here with the Major League Baseball slate. Let's take a look at this matchup between the Blue Jays and the Astros. Some sizable steam going in favor of the home team in Houston. They opened up minus 125. Currently at Bet Rivers, we see them minus 143. Blue Jays plus 123 on the buyback. Total at 9, shaded slightly to the over, minus 117. The under, minus 103. So it looks like Ross Stripling is going to be taking the mound for the Blue Jays. He's 0-1 so far this season. 6.39 ERA. 4.36 XFIP and a 1.74 whip. Now, I know that seems bad, but really when you get down kind of to the brass tacks and deeper and deeper into these advanced analytics, numbers aren't as bad as they seem for Stripling. But uh, you're quitting taking the bump for Houston. He's 2-2 two two with a 3.71 ERA, 4.91 XFIP and a 1.15 whip. I get it's easier to back the Astros here at home and you know they got out to the hot start and that's kind of what you have in the back of your mind i know the market's moving that way 143 is a little bit too steep for me so i'm staying away but i wouldn't shy away from taking a look at the plus money with the blue jays potentially a plus 123 they're coming off back-to-back -back wins against oakland look we we're talking about it with beeson's betting reporter josh applebaum yesterday those underdogs are absolutely cruising thus far in the major league baseball season but market is moving in favor of houston so potentially that someone's got a little bit better angle than I do. I don't have that strong a conviction, but it's always hard to look the other way on the Blue Jays with a little bit of plus money because they do have a solid lineup. Once they get their pitching healthier too, they are going to be a lethal squad. 
Let's take a look at another team that, hey, they've been struggling as of late and probably getting a relatively lower price than maybe you would before. However, there has been some movement in their direction. It's the Dodgers taking on the Angels. Los Angeles being the Dodgers opened up minus 158. They're up to minus 167. Struggling Angels plus 143 on the other side. And eight and a half is where we're seeing this total. 167 is too steep for you with the Dodgers. If you want to lay the run and a half, you're still laying a price minus 106. If you want to take the run and a half with the Angels, it's minus 112. Urias taking the bump for the Dodgers. The Southpaw 4-0 with a 2.87 ERA, 3.08 XFIP, and a .90 whip. So good numbers for Urias uh, so far this season. Griffin Canning opposing him. The righties 2-2 with a 6.20 ERA, 3.41 XFIP. Not too shabby at all and a 1.33 whip. Now I kind of agree with the sentiment of going with the Dodgers here in terms of what we see with the market. 167 is too high for my liking, and I'm not that fond of laying a price with the run line. Earlier, you could have got a better price, and I was considering playing it, but stayed away. I mean, this Dodgers team, second best against righties, 784 OPS. Angels versus lefties, 698 OPS, 19th worst in the big leagues, and they're on a five-game losing streak. They just got swept by the Rays. Look, the Dodgers just got swept by the Cubs, too, and... If they weren't so volatile right now, just absolutely struggling, I would certainly be all in on the Dodgers, but they are just such a question mark right now. They're missing a couple pieces in their offense, and really just their offense overall is completely struggling. Not to say the Angels have been any better, but two frustrating teams as of this point, too high to late with the Dodgers who have been just a mess. So this one's going to be a stay away, but my lean would be with the Dodgers against the Angels. Now let's talk about the Rays, who we just said swept the Angels. Tonight, they're taking on the Oakland Athletics, and the Rays are catching plus 112 on the road. The A's, minus 130 favorite. Total a shorter one, 7.5, minus 109 each way. Rich Hill, the grizzled vet, and Southpaw taking the bump against Sean Manaya. The righty for Manaya is 3-1, 3.48 ERA, 3.71 XFIP, and a 1.22 whip. Same whip for Hill. XFIP, however, 3.75, uh, 6.39 ERA for Hill, 1-1 one one on the season. So pretty neck and neck for the most part with these pitchers. Again, like we said, Oakland's coming off back-to-back -back losses against the Blue Jays. Rays on a nice five-game winning streak. Now, the Rays kind of struggle, though, against lefties. They have a 674 OPS looking to go against, or excuse me, uh, not the Rays, but the A's have done pretty well against lefties. 767 OPS. The Rays versus righty, 674 OPS. Not the best. So this is kind of a trickier spot again in this area because Oakland is obviously capable of getting on hot streaks and flipping a switch like no other. But the market has moved in favor of Tampa Bay, plus 130 down to plus 112. And I would probably tend to agree with that side. I would take a little bit of plus money with the hotter hand in the Tampa Bay Rays tonight against Oakland. And then finally, just to tease it really quick, the Padres and the Giants. The Padres minus 143 have gotten a little bit of movement their way with Blake Snell, the south the, the southpaw on the mound, 139 and 143. Padres were another team that I was very fond of tonight. Didn't go with it necessarily because the Giants have been hot against lefties this past week. So don't want to bet against that hot hand, but the Padres could be a viable option. Same with the Rays, like we said, for a little bit of plus money. But overall, the play we're rolling with, Chicago White Sox. In the first five money line, if you don't like that, look for them full game as well for tonight's MLB slate. But we're talking football next with the legend Brent Musburger. Stick around as we wrap up a Friday edition of Rush Hour.
Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Once again, get a hold of that daily hometown discount. Check it out, betrivers.com. Wrapping up a Friday edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Doing it live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and it's time to talk some NFL action. Exciting times here in NFC North territory, and no better man to talk about it with than Brent Musburger, the legend himself, voice of the Raiders. Great times post-NFL draft, especially like we said here in the Midwest, Brent, with Aaron Rodgers unknown with his future. Now his odds have been posted at Bet Rivers for where he's going to take his first snap. The Packers are still the favorite, minus 150, but the Broncos have been making some noise at plus 150. Niners coming at 8-1, to one, your Raiders at 9-1. to one. What do you make of this whole Aaron Rodgers situation? It's the big sexy, isn't it? You know, every year we've got to have a sexy story in the NFL that sort of hovers over the league, and nobody loves big sexy any more than Aaron Rodgers. You know, by doing this, uh, it sort of overlooks the fact that the dude has lost the last two NFC championship games. Now, I happen to be one of those who think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, but he's also a great diva, okay? And he is playing this to his advantage. He works for the only franchise, the only franchise, where there's not that single voice at the top that says, stop it, it's over and done. Now, consider the fact that if Aaron Rodgers follows through on that threat that was reported, they would sit out the season and become the host of Jeopardy. Uh, by my math, he owes the Packers more than $12 million because of an advanced payment, okay, on a bonus contract that was written his way. I don't think that's about to happen, okay? Now, could he be traded? Perhaps, but I think it's a big, long shot. I still make the Packers the favorite. Now, listen, I don't want to let the Packers front office off the hook on this either, okay? A year ago, when they drafted his replacement late in the first round, they certainly should have called him before they even made the pick or thought about it. And by the way, the best way to have done that would have been about a week before the draft. Hello, Aaron, this is such and such. Hey, listen, we're going to send you some clips of some quarterbacks. Take a look at him and tell us what you think about who you could work with as a possible youngster that we try to break in for the future. Would not have been hard to have at least done that, okay? But they didn't, and they pissed him off, and the rest is history. He's an MVP. They lost the championship to the Buccaneers. Uh, I'm going to say another thing to the Chicago fans out there. He compared the general manager of the Packers to Jerry Krause. Yeah, I understand that Michael and Jerry Krause didn't get along. But never forget that Krause is the guy who discovered one Scotty Pippen. I knew Jerry Krause very, very well. So let, it, let us not throw Jerry completely into the trash can on this. But as far as the Packers are concerned, yeah, I'd still make them the favorite, Danny, in the uh, NFC North. I'm curious to see what happens with you guys, with the new quarterback excitement in Chicago. 
And, of course, let's not overlook the Minnesota Vikings. They've drafted a lot of young talent over the last few years, and uh, we shall see what they come up. Detroit's going to be the last place team. In fact, bet the under on the Lions. They may be one of the worst teams in the NFL, depending how things shake out down Houston way, if you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. And, Brent, you're right. I mean, this NFC North really now is interesting because of the Aaron Rodgers just whole situation because now their odds have come down to minus 125 when they were north of about a $2 favorite. The Vikings, who you mentioned, I think are probably the good value player at plus 250 because the Bears at plus 350, you don't know when Fields is going to be implemented. And even if and when he is, you don't know how soon he's going to get acclimated. I mean, we're assuming and hoping that he's going to be a solid stud, but that could take time. If you're of the same inclination, like you said, Rodgers is going to stay with the Packers, would you make a play on the Packers to win the division at the shorter price of minus 125 now, or would you still maybe wait for the news? But again, if you do that, then they're going to shoot up to a bigger favorite. Uh, avoid the Packers, okay? Uh, I like your idea. I think you have the best idea, that the best value in that division would be the Vikings because of the unknown. Now, if you're a Bearer fan, you know, have at it. You know, it's one thing I want to pass this along. Absolutely nothing wrong with betting your favorite team and going for it. And if you think Justin Fields is going to step in, uh, first and foremost, I know Andy Dalton really well, okay? Covered him at TCU. He is a wonderful, wonderful person, okay? Justin Fields is in a very, very good spot. With Andy Dalton there, uh, let's say Dalton opens the season, but let's say six games in, things are maybe 500. Maybe they want to take a look at Justin. Andy Dalton will help Fields. Trust me. He's not going to run away from him. He's not going to look the other way. Uh, Andy Dalton is in a good position. So you're a Bear fan. Go ahead and take a shot at it. You're getting a good number, okay? Uh, The Packers, even with Rodgers, even with Rodgers, they may be coming back a little bit this year, okay? Now, I know that's hard for Bear fans (laughs) to swallow that because Aaron Rodgers does have a pretty damn good record against the Chicago Bears. And, Dan, you know what I mean. (laughs) that is for sure it's almost like you got to be a little bit cautious to get your hopes up but it's hard not to when you get a guy like justin fields in the organization trades up to get him we know what happened the last time that occurred but a little bit more happier sentiment throughout the chicagoland area but brent i'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the afc west you do such a great job covering the las vegas raiders when we look at that division the chiefs obviously the favorite minus 305 then come the Broncos at five to one, the Chargers at six to one, and the Raiders at sixteen to one. Look, I mean, we're assuming the Chiefs are going to be the top team, but I think a team that could really make some noise this season is the Chargers. Not to say that they could win the division, but they really assessed all their necessities when it came to the draft. And if they could stay healthy defensively, they could be a really solid squad. Uh, yeah, Danny, you're not wrong. However, there is a huge question mark above the Chargers, okay? Uh, And that's the coaching staff. Uh, The staff is from the Rams. In other words, they know more about the NFC until the season gets underway, okay? So we'll see how that works out. And will the sophomore slump hit Justin Herbert? He was fantastic last year. The Raiders split with him. Uh, I know that the the draft weenies, uh, they put the Raiders down because they took the Alabama tackle, Leatherwood, uh, ahead of the youngster out of Virginia Tech. Uh, okay, whatever. He's still going to be better, I will tell you, than anybody had played right tackle for us. What did they say? What about Trent Brown? Trent Brown never showed up. He was a no-show. 
in two years, he played only five games. So Leatherwood over there, the big question offensively for the Raiders will be at center, having traded Hudson to the Cardinals for a third-round draft choice, we'll see. And whether or not Ruggs can step it up a little bit and replace Aguilar, who has now gone uh, to the New England Patriots. Uh, the Chiefs the Chiefs are clearly the team to beat in the AFC West. They address that offensive line. Uh, that offensive line costs them any chance at beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And so what the Chiefs do, they moved quickly and efficiently to address it. They got Orlando Brown from the Ravens. They'll plug him in from day one to play over there. Uh, the team to watch a little bit is the Broncos, okay? Uh, again, stout on defense. Can Bridgewater perhaps improve that quarterback situation a little bit? But if Aaron Rodgers does happen to get traded to the Broncos, look out, okay? Uh, because they've got good wide receivers, decent running back, average offensive line, uh, not that good. Uh, the people are overlooking the Raiders a little bit, okay, because they put Leatherwood down as the first draft pick, which is just unbelievable to me. Here's a guy who never missed a game in three years starting for the Alabama offensive line, 600 snaps, had only two sacks. And remember, he was not protecting a Justin Fields. Max Jones is pretty much a sitting target back there. And Leatherwood did a great job. He's a bully. He's aggressive on the run. So, But we'll see, man. That's why they play the games. I can't wait. That is right. Neither can we. And Brent, hey, you're the best in the biz. We love having you on. Thank you for taking some time and enjoy your weekend. Thanks, Danny. Have a nice That's weekend. Right, I hear you like the White Sox. Go Sox. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're rooting for the Southsiders tonight, Brent. Love to hear it. Appreciate the support. You can get Brett's support on Twitter, of course, at Brett Musburger. He catches broadcasts with the Raiders and popping on a VEASAN all the time throughout many shows. Love talking NFL per usual with the legend Mr. Musburger himself. But, hey, he's right about the Raiders. I think it's going to be a team that a lot of people may be putting them down further than they should be. I mean, not saying they're going to win the division, but 16-1 seems a little bit excessive. But that's why you can look at their betting profiles a little bit deeper like we have with other teams, being the Chargers the other day. The Raiders with their season win total and really just their odds to make the playoff wouldn't be as fond with that per se, but the win total could certainly be interesting when you look at a team like the Las Vegas Raiders. Maybe a squad we'll kind of dive deeper into throughout next week, along with many others, but kind of an interesting angle. I think Brent's right. A lot of people writing them off. Didn't think they had the best draft, but they got a consistent player with their first pick. So we'll see if that comes and parlays into the NFL as well. Like Brent said, just to kind of recap the plays that we did have tonight, the White Sox, the first five on the money line is what we're rolling with with Rodon. He's been the hot hand. And the Royals are throwing out Keller, who's been quite the opposite. And the White Sox, the most profitable team on the first five money line thus far. We're hoping they can continue that streak. And aside from that, our action in the NBA, we're going with Mikhail Bridges, over 12 and a half points as he takes on the Knicks. Dropped into the 20s the last time he went up against the Knicks. He's gone over this mark the last six games and the last nine out of ten overall. So I think you take advantage of the shorter number, go over 12 and a half with Mikhail Bridges. So as always, best of luck if you tail. Thank you for tuning in. Yet another edition of Rush Hour. Big thanks to Chris Miles for hopping on. Brent Musburger, the crew back in Las Vegas and right here in Chicago. Take care, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. We'll catch up on Monday yet again right here on Beeson. Sports Betting Network.